Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Teacher Turn Alchemist podcast. My name is Lydia. Welcome, welcome. If you haven't been here before, this podcast is a verbal journal of my road from being a former public school teacher into the world of entrepreneurship. I was a special ed teacher for the last seven years, and I transitioned and pivoted my passion into creating a business that will create supportive work opportunities for adults with disabilities with my other passion of brewing an amazing tea called kombucha. If you haven't tried kombucha before, it's a fermented tea that is filled with living bacteria that meets you in your body right where you need it. Thus, why I am calling the business Living Full Kombucha. Already, you know the drink is living, but I also feel like it goes along with our mission. I just want to create opportunities for adults with disabilities, and I feel like living full kombucha is just like you see the world as like your glass half full. Or like in our case, the bottle's always half full. So Living Full Kombucha is our business name. And I say our, but it's just me right now. It'll be a we in the future. But you can find us at livingfullkombucha.com. And you can always email us at livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. So I'm literally just sitting down, cracking open a new bottle as we speak. I just got home from a solo six and a half hour drive. I'll tell you about that here in a second, but I'm cracking into a new Witty bottle, which Witty is one of the flavors that we offer on our website. It is a grapefruit rosemary brew, and I've definitely had this on the podcast before, but I have three different flavors that like I'm selling right now. And surprisingly, I thought that Witty was going to be like one of my top sellers. And then I realized it's actually the lowest selling one. I have a lavender lemon as well as it's called Dreamer. And it's like a butterfly PT uh, ginger one. And they are way surpassing Witty. I'm like, what is it about Witty that's not selling? And so I just was asking some customers and they were just saying it was really robust and a little bit too tart for them. And I really love acidity. I love all things just extra tart. But I realized that isn't always what the market is going to want. And so listening to my customers and just trying to pivot a little bit, I decided to use a different tea to brew Witty with. Usually you brew with like a, a green tea or a black tea. And I've been using black tea for Witty. And, and black tea just in general is extremely robust. It, I, I don't even really know all the like complicated tannins and things like that. But I was using black tea and I decided to use green tea, which is a little bit more mild in flavor. And I brewed it. I'm like, dang, that's good. (laughs) I'm really happy and pleased with how it turned out. So the one that I'm actually having right now is like my second to last bottle of the black tea version. But I'm now pumping out green tea as a base and it almost tastes like a Sprite, but like living. Sorry, you can hear my cat jumping around in the background. She's so excited that I'm home. But I drove six and a half hours because my in-laws are moving here. I'm so excited. I was in southern Indiana helping them pack up and move all day. But I was like, hey, I really need to get back within a day because I need to be brewing all day tomorrow. And so I'm super excited. People are always like, oh, the stigma. Oh, your in-laws are moving here. All the cons. But honestly, I'm really excited for them to be here. We've never had them in town and it'll be my husband's entire family here. So we're really excited to have them. And I'm so happy that I made it home because I really want to chat about business. I mean, sitting six and a half hours in the car, I was just like, man, I kind of want to do a podcast tonight. And I just have to find those holes in the day. Okay, that sounded kind of dirty and I'm sorry. <laughs> like, Basically, I have to find these little pockets of time that I can do a podcast. And I really want to be more consistent with putting out episodes 
And honestly, technology-wise, I can only record podcasts on my husband's computer. And he is still staying in Indiana, still helping them pack. And so I'm like, ooh, the computer is available. And he's doing his master's classes right now. And so I like never have the computer. But enough excuses for me. I'm here. I found the hole. (laughs) I did it. Okay. But I feel like that was actually part of my episode today is because since I last talked to you, a lot has been happening. Um, In the last episode, I shared that um, we are selling and it's been going extremely well majority really everybody has been friends and family and there's been a couple of people who have recommended the kombucha or shared with other friends uh but I've been consistently selling out of each of the batches that I've been making and I'm making roughly about 19 and a half gallons that I'm able to sell and I'm consistently selling out of those and so this this episode I wanted to chat about how I'm actually doubling all my production In addition to that, there's also a lot of shifts with what is happening with my time. And I felt like especially I've been having a lot of fellow brewers reach out to me and saying that they're listening to this podcast. And that is so encouraging. Like I freaking love this. I love supporting other brewers. And I love just learning about everybody and how they brew. And maybe you're a teacher and you're listening in. And it's just, I'm just happier here. I don't know where I was going with that. But like, I want to share kind of what my method is right now and uh, how I'm trying to scale appropriately, but also smartly financially if you get my drift. So what I mean when I'm doubling all of my production, basically that just means that I am getting double the fermenters. I share that I bought three seven-gallon symbiosis fermenter trays and I'm making roughly 19 gallons that I can put out. And so I am getting another three seven-gallon symbiosis trays that just arrived the other day. I still need to cut holes in them, but I'm super excited to get those going and fermenting really soon. But what that means is I can double the amount that I'm putting out. But I'm getting a little bit nervous because right now it is March. Goodness, it's almost the end of March. And I just signed, I feel like I signed my life away, but um, I said yes to farmers markets for the summer and I know this is going to be huge for me to go to the farmers market and just get more people outside of family and friends to try our kombucha but I'm really nervous because one this is my first farmers market I've never done anything like it but also I'm nervous because I hope that I have enough product to give out so I was pretty ambitious I signed up for the Kenosha farmers market which this is the ideal market that um or the place I should say that I want people to know about the kombucha because eventually I'd like to move there and have a business set up in Kenosha like that downtown area Um, but I also I don't know what I was thinking but I did another farmer's market on uh, Sunday so the Kenosha one is on Saturday from like seven to two and then I'm doing another one in Twin Lakes which Twin Lakes is actually the city that I have my commercial kitchen in right now and so it's like right down the road from it and I'm super excited to try it, but it's Sunday and I'm nervous that I won't have enough product from Saturday into Sunday. Like there's so many thoughts going into this. And so right now I'm just trying to stockpile because I'll have all of April to get as much kombucha as I can produce so that I can have it for the market. I also had to double uh, my kegs. Since I started off with three different flavors, I went and got three corny kegs. 
I am going to go into, I was going to do this episode, but I feel like there's just more planning and I want to be really transparent and actually have numbers for you. But I'm going to go into the next time's episode. I want to say next week, I'll try my best of all the finances and everything is like, I'm building this up and like, am I taking out credit? What am I spending on each of these? But for finance, uh, sorry, for financial purposes, I got three corny kegs for the three different brews that I'm doing. And so if I'm producing a lot, I need to have more kegs to put them in because my main idea is that farmer's market is that I'm going to have the kombucha in bottles, but I'm also going to have a tap system in which I could have people sample or if they just want to take a glass as they're walking around the market, they can have that. So I want to have kegs ready as well. In addition, whew, okay, I didn't realize I was going to talk about this, but there is a restaurant that is really interested in having me and they were like, oh, we'd love to put you in a keg as well as bottles in our restaurant. I'm like, oh, dang, heck yes. But I'm nervous about saying yes right now because I just don't know how farmer's markets are. But I said yes. (laughs) I, I said yes. So I'm waiting to hear back from them to like set up a time and date. But I'm like, oh, there's so many things to figure out, but I'm super pumped about it. So right now in this season, Again, this season is where I'm really talking about April. I'm trying to come up with not only scaling all of my kombucha, but also getting ready for the farmer's market. And there's a lot more equipment that I'm going to need. And so I'm just trying to work as much as I can, be in the kitchen as much as possible. And so that has been a little tricky for me because I hate the word hustle, but I feel like I've been hustling quite a bit. But being in my 30s, I feel like I just get burnout so quickly (laughs) that when I say hustle, I'm like, I still need to take care of myself. And I feel like I'm actually finding a good balance between, okay, I'm a morning person. I hit the ground running like boom, boom, boom. But then I also take care of myself at night and I still get eight hours of sleep. Like a lot of people like, oh my gosh, girl, I don't know how you're doing all this. Like, wow, you're doing this, 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 and this. I feel like I'm just kind of running in circles, but I also sleep really good at night to run those circles the next day, if that makes sense. So your girl's okay. And plus, I'm doing the work that I always wanted to do. And I'm so excited to just continue learning and I'm problem solving. And I have a bomb husband who's helping me with all the like little weird things about like putting stuff together that I'm just like, what? I didn't even think about that. I'm thinking about the interactions I'm going to have with people at the farmer's market. Whereas he's like, do you have your sandbags for your tent yet? And do you have your cash box? And like all these little logistical things are like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm going to make a note of that to throw something else at me and it's not a bad thing it's just one more thing to figure out I've mentioned in the past that the commercial kitchen that I'm sharing space out of has been absolutely amazing but they also gave me an end date because this is a country club and this country club is basically going to be opening up for business it's golf it's country club it's got a bar it's got a lunch area and they are dead in the winter because they're basically closed And so the middle of April is when they start really picking up. And even right now, too, they're starting to pick up because the weather's kind of nice. So golfers want to come out. They have been talking to me about, okay, is this going to work? Do we need to move you around? Do you need to look for somewhere else? And even thinking about going somewhere else at this point, I'm like, oh, my goodness, where do I even start? I feel like I'm going back to square one. They're not kicking me out. In fact, they are going above and beyond just being like, let's give it a shot. Let's try this out. Um, the owner actually owns another restaurant down the road, which is about the same distance away from me. And he brought me to that location. And I will say there's going to be a lot of problem solving. But if that's what it takes to go there and I can stay there and I still be close to home, I might have to give it a shot. But thinking about literally moving all my equipment, doubling up, farmer's markets are coming, potentially being into a restaurant – Ah, that's a lot of things to consider and a lot of 
things to juggle. I just don't want to drop it, but that's just part of it. And that's why I'm here explaining to you all these different things, because maybe you're in that similar season of like the hustle, but still self-care and you're, you're leveling up basically. And I, I want to clone myself at this point. And I've been asked, well, why don't you hire somebody right now? And I, I truly do feel like I could hire someone, but I wouldn't have the meaningful work. And here's what I mean by that. My goal is to hire adults with disabilities. And right now I feel like there's so many systems that haven't really been set up for myself yet. And there's so many different avenues that I'm like, okay, I know I need to go down, but I couldn't explain it to somebody right now. And I feel like my time could be better spent learning it so that I can teach it someday. And to have somebody right now, one, I just don't have the money to. I want to actually give a good employment hourly rate And two, like I said, I just want to know what I'm doing and make it really concise. And so I feel like the first year, maybe even two years, I think I can just get by with myself. My husband's been coming in to helping me bottle from time to time. And uh, my in-laws are moving here and my father-in-law's retired. So he said he would love to come over and help me keg and we can become a little bit closer, but I don't have to pay him. But that's kind of where I'm at with that. On another note, super pumped because I actually am finally getting in my labels. Uh, I don't have them yet, but they're coming in next week. I think next Thursday. Oh my gosh, you guys, if you haven't followed, we're on Living Full Kombucha, Instagram, Facebook. I drop something. I try to basically every day. I cannot wait to show you all of these labels. I am not the label person. In fact, my brother and he actually had a friend from college uh, who's like really amazing at graphic design. My brother's just really good at layout. They single-handedly did this, and I am so pumped to be able to show you this extremely soon, but now we're actually legal. (laughs) I'm not saying that I was illegal before. I was like putting little tags on with paper. It's like, hi, I'm kombucha. Please refrigerate me, but this will have the nutritional content, the ingredients on there. Everything is officially official, so if you haven't followed me yet, follow me on Instagram, social media, and uh, see when those drop. Something that I've enjoyed lately is that I've been getting a lot more questions specifically about kombucha. Um, I said mostly all of my customers like family and friends, but I am starting to circulate a little bit more. Like I work at a bar and so I have a lot of small talk conversations with people and like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm like, oh, well, I own a kombucha company. Like, whoa, cool. I, I don't like it because of this or is it like this? And so it's really neat to hear some questions from them. And it's been helping me because I got to come up with a good spiel because I'm going to be meeting a lot of a lot of people I don't know at the farmer's market. And I want to come up with a solid spiel. And it's hard because... I feel like at this point, I feel like I know what I'm doing when I'm in the kitchen, but sometimes I get nervous when someone asks me a question point blank and they expect me to be a professional. And naturally, my personality is to just try to answer the question even if I don't know it. And I know that's not always the best response, of course, because if I don't know, I just need to be comfortable saying I don't know. And I am working on that. But I think there's another component to just being confident with what you already do know and using that in your answer, if that makes sense. So basically, it's like, oh, what's a probiotic or oh, what's in the kombucha? I feel like I'm not faking it to make it in a sense, (laughs) Um, but I can be confident with my answer that people are going to be like, oh, okay, like maybe I'll go research a little bit more for what I couldn't answer for them. And over time, I feel like I would be able to find those answers and get better with my spiel and all of my scientific stuff. 
basically. <laughs> that made me think of a good teaching story, which thanks for all you teachers out there to like, you haven't been sharing your teaching stories and I want to listen to them. Okay, so I got one for you. So uh, I, I, when I first moved here and I was like transitioning my license, uh, I had only taught for a year. And so I wasn't like the expert or anything teaching whatsoever. And uh, because I moved a little bit later, I didn't get to teach during the start of the school year. And so I was able to get a long-term sub job working at eventually the district I would be working for little did I know at the time but I was a maternity leave sub for like two months and literally the second week that I was there they're like this is so funny they came into the the classroom and I'm still getting to know everybody and like the flow of things it was high school learning resource and so a lot of the students were you know just learning disabilities things like that emotional disabilities um, and mostly like freshman sophomore and one of the principal or no, the school counselor walked in. She's like, hey, Lydia, did you know that you're actually supposed to be in an IEP meeting right now? I'm like, how am I supposed to be in an IEP meeting if I don't know how to get into the system nor know the student nor know the parents? Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And she must have felt like I was being sarcastic or something. She's like, no, you'll be fine. Bring a computer. We totally got this. I'm like, <laughs> okay. So I sit down and the student, his name's Kale. Remember, I don't always, I don't divulge any names, but the parents are there. And I was like really quick, hey, I'm the sub. And they were understanding that, yes, I was a sub, but they were asking me questions about his IEP that I don't even have access to. Every school district is so different, and if you're a special education teacher, you will find the humor in this, but literally every single IEP has to be so complicated. When you move to a different school district, why can't they all be the same system, right? Like writing goals, they need to be the same, but no, it's a totally different system, and since I'm a sub, I don't have the credentials to log into the student's IEP, but the parents think I am. I'm sitting across from them. And so I opened up a Word document and I'm like, screw it. Let's fake it. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yep. I'm just typing that in his goals right now. <laughs> oh, what are your concerns? Typing in their concerns. And they thought that I'm doing that in the IEP. Now, there were several questions, of course, where I was like, well, I would need to consult with his teacher because I am the sub. And so there are many points in this meeting where I was like, I don't know. And I'm glad that I did say that. I became comfortable saying that. But there was an extent at which I just kind of needed to say, yeah, I got this. Like, I'm super confident. And I had a couple instances with a student in class. And he's just a funny guy. And I made a joke. And this is probably more nervousness, if anything, at that point. But I made a joke about him like being hilarious and always having really good one-liners. And his parents just instantly were super welcoming to that. Like, oh, yeah, we love when he does that. That's awesome. We're so glad that you noticed that. And it kind of broke the ice a little bit more. And I realized in that moment, in the flip-flop side of it, those parents are coming in. They really don't know a lot of the people who are in that room, most likely. They're talking about their their child and there's so many concerns or different things that they have to acknowledge and they're kind of in the same boat as me where they're just going with the flow and trying their best. And so I thought it was kind of funny because I just, again, I kept my confidence up. I was like, yes, we will have his IEP done within the next two days. And I'm just laughing because I'm like, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. They're like, thank you so much. But just showing that confidence and sharing something about the student that was super positive and kind of not related to academics, just about his character was such an icebreaker and something that I took with me the rest of my career. I ended up really looking forward to IEP meetings because I really enjoyed making relationships with the families and I realized that it was okay to be fun. 
And that I continue to bring with me throughout the rest of my years. And just the IEP conference meetings were just that much easier when you can just have a lighthearted conversation. Of course, all teachers know this too, especially at the IEP table. Sometimes it gets a little bit heated, but when you can build that rapport with a family and I felt like if I didn't kind of like in my nervousness, try to fake it to make it and I made a joke and I'm like, hey, that actually really connected with them. I don't know if I really would have tried that more and I would have just made the IEP meeting so formal and it doesn't have to be extremely formal. It can be something that just, I mean, this is a person. This is a person's school career and this is someone's child and just to be able to relate to them on that level um, was just really special for me to see over the years and I made some great friendships and heck, I'm even Facebook friends with some of these parents and it's just really cool. So I look over my experiences, especially at the IEP table and over the years teaching, and I feel like that's just where I'm going in this business. I have no idea if doubling up is going to be enough. I don't know if I'm going to have enough product to sell when I get to the farmer's market. But what I do know is that I can be lighthearted. I can, you know, just be extremely optimistic. And okay, so if I run out of product at the farmer's market, I can still talk to people and answer any questions that they may have as best as I can. I think I'm going to call it an episode right there. I'm tired, but I am so excited to double up my production and I'm going to get to bed early tonight so that I can wake up in the morning to brew. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Thank you for always supporting me, your fellow teacher, your fellow brewer, or just somebody who stumbled across my podcast. Thanks for listening in today. And I always welcome a hello email, comments, feedback, anything over at livingfullkombucha at gmail.com. In the meantime, be well and cheers. Cheers.